2: Hey there, friends. Welcome once again to our program, Afternoons with Mike. Her Daily here on the Shepherd Radio Network. And with me today, I've got Chuck and Laurie, Chuck and Laurie Gibson. And that is with a P, not a B. It's G-I-P-S-O-N. Chuck and Laurie represent JFP. And here I'm going with all these acronyms. That's the Jesus Film Project. And they have, obviously, by saying that, that is the uh, name for this wonderful program, it's been around for years. I know you you would probably have all the details of Crew, which originally would have been known as Campus Crusade for Christ. Dr. Bill Bright, uh, what a world changer he was, wasn't he?
0: Amen. Yeah.
2: So it's great to have both of you here. Welcome to my program.
0: Thank you. Thank you. So,
2: so you. tell us, uh, how how in the world did you get involved, uh, first of all, with this thing called the Jesus Film uh, project the the Jesus film for years. It was that's what it was called, the Jesus film. It went out. How did you guys hear about it? What drew you to this film project? What drew you to uh, Campus Crusade?
0: Well, Mike, we'd have to say it was probably our desire to get out of the dreary Pacific Northwest, where it rains nine months out of the year. <laughs> we moved to Orlando, actually the Apopka area, um, in two thousand eight. Um, I transferred to Orlando with uh, the phone company, Quest Communications at that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, Was that at one
2: time part of AT&T or Mobile? It
0: was yes. part of Pacific Northwest Bell, yeah, which turned into Quest in 1984 during the divestiture of AT&T. Yeah. Um, but now people would know it as Spectrum. No, 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 not Spectrum. Um, what are they? Lumen.
2: Lumen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It was,
0: went from Quest to CenturyLink to now Lumen. So
2: many of these companies, they've had multiple names. I mean, yes. as, as this whole divestiture has gone on, my goodness, I mean, it's really hard to keep up with. I even tried to remember uh, not too long ago, all the different cell companies I've had cell phones with. Oh, right. And <laughs> you know, you think, I, I remember the first cell phone call I ever received and how I thought it was just like a wondrous miracle, you know, yeah. but uh, you guys were working. What was, you, what did you do back then with that company? I was a network technician. Um, I
0: was, uh, I fixed phone lines for people. I was the guy with the telephone hanging from my hip, climbing the telephone poles, going into your house. And then that kind of moved um, to fixing the network problems. Um, but in order to move to Orlando, as we were chasing sun and surf, I had to take a position as a network not a network technician, it was a senior operations technician, Mm -hmm. which went from the copper side of the industry, which is your local phones, to the fiber optic side. Or um, as you might recognize, we were building the cloud.
2: Yeah. Yeah, And the whole thing about, it's funny you had mentioned the copper uh, and the whole home phone kind of landline technology. I, I talked last night for the first time to someone that I know, and I didn't know they had one. They still have a home phone. Wow. And I mean, there's that's really rare, I, I find. is yeah. that Do you find the same?
0: Yeah, I see about a min, as many of those as I do dinosaurs. So, <laughs> they're, out they're out there, but you just don't see them there. <laughs> they're
2: out there. Wow. Okay, I'm going to keep my eyes open more. I wasn't aware of that. Lori, how about you? I mean, you met this guy, I guess, up in the Pacific Northwest. Is I that right? Did.
1: I did. I moved from Houston, Texas to Washington State. And, what made that move? <laughs> well, um, that's kind of a, a long story, but the short of it is my mom um, moved there. Uh, she had gotten married, and he got transferred with his job. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he went and started a paper mill in Washington State.
2: Wow, is that right?
1: Yes, and so I was left at, in Houston kind of, lonely and i ended up following her and my sisters there Mm -hmm. a year um a year later after she moved
2: are those paper mills still operating up there Mm,
1: they are (laughs) a lot of them down
2: south aren't aren't operating anymore they've closed them down i don't know what they're doing but uh yeah that's right so you found yourself in that dreary area where like you said it rains all the time
1: all and coming from Houston, Texas, that was a very hard move. I I was, yeah, I did not like it. Wow, I <laughs> so bet. We kind of lived for the summer. And sometimes then you'd have the Indian summers that they would be a summer for just a week or two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was not fun.
2: Well, it doesn't rain uh, every day, but you found out that it's not always sunny in Central Florida either, right? I mean, right. <laughs> you learned that probably pretty quickly, right? Yes. When we moved down here, I think there were... Uh, I I don't know, a stretch of 20 days in a row, the first summer we were here, including a hurricane, I might add, Mm -hmm. where we had some severe thunderstorms in the afternoons in Central Florida. But we'll take them from the sunshine that we're having right now, this gorgeous weather, not bad at all. Chuck, how did you guys meet up in the Northwest?
0: Well, we met in church. Um, Well, that's really great. I had received Christ in 1992 when a... um, I, I realized, even though I thought I was a Christian, uh, a brave man approached me and we had a conversation and, and I realized I really didn't have a relationship with Jesus. And mm. so God put me into a church, a fantastic church, which is really kind of cool because the pastor of that church, you know, we just all have been watching Jesus Revolution and the, everything that came out of the early seventies. Well, my pastor at this church that I started going to was baptized by Chuck Smith. At Tyrus it, Cove something. in yeah. Southern California, and it just so happened that at the same time, Lori started going there, and so we we knew each other for a number of years. We kind of went our own ways. In uh, 1998, we started running into each other, um, started uh-huh. dating in ninety late ninety eight,
2: got married wow. in ninety nine. Yes. Yeah, that's so wonderful. Well, that that is a beautiful story, and I I think it's so great when friends find out that their friendship is deeper than just platonic like that. And there you go, you guys have been married uh, all this time. So you're uh, you're over 20 years now, right?
0: Yeah, 24 years this July.
2: Oh my (laughs) goodness, that's awesome. Well, that's wonderful, congratulations on your marriage. And like you said, I I think it's really funny in, in your bio, you moved to Florida, wanting to get out of all that stuff, looking for fun, looking for a new opportunity. Uh, you still had no idea i take it that you would be ending up in ministry right right
0: no it's exactly true we um we came here with transferred with the phone company was just looking to make a new life here hoping that our kids would follow us and only one did but um we you know we we've made a nice home for them to come visit and stuff mm-hmm. like that but anyway so um as you know 2008 was the middle of the financial crisis it was and so lori moved um, had left her job with the United States gypsum in, in Oregon and um, spent two years uh, volunteering at the church that we were attending in Longwood. Right. And uh, she was uh, kind of helping them get financially back on their feet and um, help them manage a daycare and stuff like that. And so for two years, she was serving God in a voluntary status mm-hmm. um, not knowing that God was preparing her heart and herself vocationally to work in a Christian ministry so uh, two years later, I'll let Lori tell that story. So yeah.
2: basically, you guys are both involved as Campus Crusade ministers. That's typically mm-hmm. what happens, right? With a husband and wife, they, they both come in, right?
1: Right. Most of the time. Now they do have it something uh, different now where you can, one can join staff and the other one can continue working or mm-hmm. staying at home or whatever, but back in the day <laughs> when we joined, it was only, uh, you both had to be on, mm-hmm.
2: on staff, On yeah. staff, yes. right. So this whole thing of uh, crew and you, you, how did that introduction happen with you guys uh, learning particularly about this ministry, which obviously is based now in central Florida. It didn't used to be, used to be right. based out West here. Now it's a number of years ago. I had a chance to go down and uh, be in a meeting with Dr. Bright years ago. that okay. was a prayer meeting, and I was so impressed mm-hmm. with the humility of this guy. He was amazing. But they moved down, to, I guess, what, the Lake Nona area down mm-hmm. around Moss Park? Exactly. Yes. Yeah, and uh, so do you guys live, you know, did, did you make the move down there, or did you stay in the Apopka area?
0: No, we're still in Apopka. We, <laughs> okay. we, we love it up here in the Apopka area. Yeah. We love, um, we don't mind the drive. Right. Um, but. Well,
1: well, and what happened was that I was, um, I had the whole time that I was working at the church volunteering, um, I was also looking for work. Mm-hmm. And so um, I was kind of hoping that the church would be able to get to a place where they could hire me full time, but they just were kind of, um, didn't have the, the ways or the mm-hmm. means right. to be able to. the budget to, wasn't there. Right. And so um, I found a, an ad on monster.com, which is of all things, um, asking for an administrative assistant at the Jesus film. And so I applied and I went in for testing. I went in for the interviews and right as they're giving me the, the job, she asked me, she says, so, um, how did you hear about this position? Cause usually it's word of mouth or, mm-hmm. um, cause and so I told her monster.com, and she says, that is so weird. We don't put our st- put our openings on monster.com, so I don't understand. And I said, well, that's how I sent the, the resume and everything through there. And so she said, well, we need to get that taken off. And we went, and we could not find it anywhere.
2: Isn't that something? So it was like it was put there almost accidentally just for you guys. Yes, yeah. Yeah. yes. And That's so crazy.
1: I started working for Jesus Film Project for um, as an administrative assistant with um, Latin America and the Caribbean, Europe, and um, yeah, Eastern and Western Europe and Latin America and the mm-hmm. Caribbean areas.
2: So you worked with them prior to you, Chuck?
1: Yes. Right. Yeah, Lori. I yes. was paid, paid what's called paid staff. Yes.
2: Okay. And again, there are roles like that one where right. it's a traditional salary, but a exactly. lot of uh, the ministries of a crew, people raise their own funds.
1: Well, and that's, that's what happened was after I had been working there for one or two years, I just really felt like God was calling us to be full time staff. And so he just kept putting that on my heart. I mentioned it to Chuck and he's like, "Mm -hmm. we support missionaries. We go on mission trips. We make great money. You know, I don't know if I Feel that, And so I thought, okay, well, maybe this is not God. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's pizza. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I, so I never mentioned it again, but I just continued praying and I did this for like three years praying God, if this is you, then you're going to have to put this on his heart because sure. I don't want to, I don't want to do that I don't want to convince him to join staff and then have something go wrong. And then I was to blame. (laughs) So, so um, he, uh, so it was like three years and we went for a um, dinner at my boss's house and um, on the way out, oh, well, I missed a step. So there is a a step that happened
0: here. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, One of our daughters came and visited and we went to pick Lori up, take her to lunch. And she says, I need, I need about 30 minutes. i got to get some stuff out for my boss. And so Jesus Film, I don't know if you know this, has a tour. Yes. You, no, I you, did not know that. You can go to Lake Hart, and they have a tour that takes you through the history, and you even get to be in a part where you get to film a, or uh, do an audio uh, dubbing of a piece of the Jesus mm-hmm. Film.
2: Is that right? And, and
0: so it's really interesting. So we went to that. We had fun. It was enjoyable. Get to the end of it. There's this video you watch called The Gamma which was um, actually the Gamo Um, Gamo and the Gamo is the Gamo people of Southern Ethiopia that they did a um, Jesus film showing there were thousands showed up for it. And I'm watching this thing and tears are flowing down my face. I'm like, Oh my Lord, I could do this. I really could see me representing uh, Jesus, getting the gospel out there through this tool. And so, but then I, n- I never told her. I never yeah. thought about it really mm-hmm. much. And then two weeks later is when, as Lori was saying, we had uh, she had a, a team dinner in Castleberry, and um, so as we're walking out to the car, her boss approached me and he says, "Hey, Chuck, you ever considered joining staff? I think you would be a good fit." I'm uh, looking
1: at him, going, "Yeah, Chuck, <laughs> How about, have you ever yeah. thought about? Have you ever thought about that idea? <laughs> yeah." <laughs> and and so I, I said,
0: "Yeah, you know, I was remem- remembering." how I felt when I, I went through that tour. And I, I said, yeah, I said, I could see us doing that someday. And so he, he looks at me and he says, well, let me get my AA to set up a lunch. And he looked at Lori, he <laughs> says, set up a lunch. <laughs> and, oh, um, this is funny. And so mm. we met for lunch mm-hmm. and discussed some things. And then we met with the, the HR at Jesus film and went through the process of new staff training, uh, learned how to raise our support, Um, And like you mentioned earlier, it's, it is a position where we are all self-supported. We, we, uh, the body of Christ is what keeps us going. Mm -hmm. And and so.
2: I I think that's not really different for most people's concepts than what any missionary would be doing. I mean, a a missionary is kind of obligated to raise their funds and they have churches and individuals and maybe some businesses that will back them up. And it's, it is a life by faith. Yeah. And yes. uh, this was so radically different for somebody like yourself that had been going through life. Basically you're talking about going through your career, working for an organization that I think for the most part paid very well. Mm-hmm. It, and then you switch and your next job right. is like, a, it's on self, self mm-hmm. uh, self raising of funds there. Right. That's gotta have been different for you. It is, it mm-hmm. is.
0: But you know, we learned through the process that, the, the process crew puts you through to raise your support is they train you very well. Um, they give you all the tools you need, but they don't give you the fortitude. They don't give you the calling. That's only right. God can yeah, give you the do. calling. That's right. and, and we learned more about ourselves. We learned more about how to trust God, how to have faith in God by going through that process. And I really don't think we would have lasted long in ministry had we not learned that God is faithful because there's ministry's not easy. You know, ministry's hard. And um, we, we work in Latin America and the Caribbean, and there's a lot of differences, and there's a lot of stumbling blocks. There's a lot of things that could really trip you up if, if God hadn't already embedded within us this faith that he will see us through it no right. matter
2: what. You know, do you think it's uh, part of our culture that people get so comfortable that they miss that aspect of living by faith? I, I think that really has to be part of why so many people they can't imagine doing what you're doing. Right. right. I think it's right. safe to say you couldn't have imagined doing what no. you're doing. No.
0: Yes. No. I <laughs> had no idea what. As a matter of fact, when we were talking to the HR people, and she was explaining to us that you know you'll go to new <laughs> staff training, and uh, I'm like, oh great, they'll teach us how to how to use the Jesus film as a tool, and we'll how to do ministry. And she goes, well, no, not really. We'll teach you how to raise your support. <laughs> I had no idea that that's what I was talking about i thought i was going to be like a paid position like Lori was i had and all of a sudden it was like a charlie brown movie where all i heard after that is and um
2: and
0: so um that night i'm i'm laying in bed and i have what i call my jacob moment okay i'm just wrestling with god i'm like god you have blessed us so much with with my job with you know we live in florida we love it we and now you're asking me to beg for money? <laughs> and that was my concept at the time. That's right. the way I saw it. Right. And so it was 3 o'clock in the morning. I remember it like it was yesterday, 3 o'clock in the morning. I finally broke down. I said, okay, God, I tell you what. I will walk through every open door, but I will not kick any doors open. I said, I will follow you. I will be obedient to you. I'll, I'll go through every open door. I said, but the minute that there has to be a time to kick doors open, that's when I'll know you're telling me to stop and there it's been nothing but open doors for the last what 8 years that's amazing Seven and eight years.
2: that's yeah. amazing what your family think when you guys told them what you were going to do uh,
1: they're very supportive very, yeah. um we even have a daughter that supports us and so they they love it mm-hmm. my mom and dad you know support us monthly and that's stuff wonderful. like that i mean there's my si- couple of sisters that are like, oh, okay, this is weird, but yeah, <laughs> that's different. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. funny.
2: Yeah, how many of uh, kids do you have?
1: We have five kids. Five.
2: Yes. Oh my gosh.
1: And thirteen grandkids.
2: And are any of them here when you made the move down?
1: Well, one moved with us with her daughter, and mm-hmm. then she moved back. Okay. Didn't and it wasn't for her? Well she thought it wasn't um she moved kind of uh, she had rekindled a relationship with the guy Mm -hmm. that she knew from school and things didn't quite work out and um but she's since been married and is uh now living in phoenix or in the in Arizona. So you've got so. kids all over the place, then. Yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah, Most really of great. them are still in Washington State, though.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Dreary Washington yes. State.
1: I don't understand. Uh, I
2: don't either. <laughs> I'm glad they're there. Yeah. Chuck and Laurie Gibson, they're my guests. We'll be back with them in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you
0: need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit
2: PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years' experience, E.C. Waters is a top-trained comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder E.C. Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. My guests here in Studio A today, Chuck and Lori Gibson, they're both involved with Crew, full-time staffers, and they, this, of course, is Campus Crusade for Christ. It has been known now for many years as Crew. I like that shortened acronym, and it's a cool logo they have, and all of yeah. that. I'm sure there were marketing reasons why they wanted it, and it's so easy to remember. Campus Crusade for Christ is obviously one of those long on the tongue type of names yeah. that it's difficult, but Crew is is easy. And you guys just heard about it. You work uh, Lori, for them for a couple of years as yes. a uh, f- kind of a paid staffer. Mm-hmm. And uh, then both of you jumped in as money raising, full-time ministry, uh, all of this stuff that's involved in missions. That's what you guys do. Mm-hmm. And this film has been one of the most, I believe, watched things internationally than probably any other form of medium that uh, has ever been put out for the gospel. Would would that not be true?
0: Oh, without without a doubt. not. It's not even, number two wouldn't even be close. Right. Um, it's actually, uh, the Jesus film has been translated into 20 or 2030 some languages, which by far is the Guinness wow. Book of World Records, um, holds, the, holds the Guinness Book of World Records for the most translated film in the world.
2: Now, when we think about the Jesus film, we've seen it, and it is, Something that almost every Easter, someone somewhere is going to be playing a clip from that film in their Sunday service. This, this uh, concept of using that film evangelistically, the way crew has now for many, many years, that had to, at some point, be thought, ah, oh, that idea would never work because you're talking about uh, a remote village in Africa or someplace. Or how are they going to show it? That probably wouldn't work. I'm, I can only imagine the people that would have poo-pooed that idea, and say, "Nah, that's not ever going to fly." But it did. It did. What's yeah. what was the history like that you know of about the film?
0: Well, anybody who knew Bill Bright um, knows that he's an innovator. Uh, he he did things that a lot of people would say couldn't happen. But he, because he was uh, followed the spirit of God, followed the leading of God. He never let what people said deter him. And way back at the beginning, um, 1951 is when crew was formed and on the campus of UCLA, um, um, way back then, Bill had a, a, a desire to be able to use, uh, media to portray the gospel, to be able to share the gospel with people. But it wasn't until 1979 when, um, The release of the film Jesus, um, which which was made, a lot of people don't know this, was uh, commissioned. Sony Pictures was commissioned to Mm -hmm. do the film.
2: It was a major motion picture. Yeah, Yeah.
0: and uh, had theatrical releases all over the world, even in the Kremlin. There was uh, at at the United Nations. I mean, all over the place. There was theatrical reviews. But Bill wanted to have something that could be translated into languages that would portray a true depiction of the gospel that wouldn't be like a, what is it, Cecil D. De, DeMille or, <laughs> you know, it wouldn't be a Ten Commandments kind of right. thing. But it is over 80% of the film is the book of Luke. Not about the book yes. of Luke. It's not a movie about Jesus. It is the book of Luke on film. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's no real room to edit the truth of the gospel out. Mm-hmm. And so in 79 that was released. The very first non-English language was Tagalog in the Philippines. Um, and from there, we, like I said earlier, uh, there's now been uh, over 2,030 languages on our way to, to do them all. Our goal is to do all of them, which is close to 7,000 languages.
2: You know, a lot of people don't realize that even in the same country, uh, you know, let's say Africa for a moment, there are dialects yes. in the same region that would be completely different just down the other side of the mountain. Yeah. And those languages, are, you can't just go in there with one language. It, It's got to be mind-boggling to think of how much you have to learn, uh, what the kind of research that has to go into this. Mm -hmm. And then there's all of the production efforts to dub in uh, this language into the movie. Have you ever seen that done before, the dubbing process? We
0: have. Um, I agree with you on Africa, but we work Latin America mostly, um, and it's very similar. Um, Right now we have 250 languages completed in Latin America, but there's over 500 in Latin America. Um, And the work that goes into doing one translation is amazing. Mm -hmm. It it takes, it takes a a team to go there to um, work with the locals and everything's done locally too. The translation's done locally. The dubbing is done locally. The premieres are done locally. Um, And it takes a long time. Sometimes it takes six, seven months to be able to do one language, but fortunately we're doing more than one at a time. So we're able to 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 get that done. Um, another interesting side note, if anybody's ever watched the end of the spear, um, the story of Jim Elliott and his Mm -hmm. group, um, I was given an opportunity to engage with them. I actually met the grandson of, um, the, the, the chief that that killed Jim Elliott. And, um, through that process and working with a donor, we were, we are right now doing that language for that tribe in Ecuador.
2: Isn't that something? Um, I know Stephen Curtis Chapman toured with them mm-hmm. for a while on one of his albums back in, I think it was 02 mm-hmm. that yep. they did that. And uh, that guy, actually, the guy who had it murdered, uh, what what Steve was that his name? The uh, Steve son?
0: Steve Saint was the son. Steve Saint, yeah. Yes. And Minkaena was the chieftain that that killed his father and, right. and the rest of the, the other four. Yeah. In them. And
2: now the kids call him granddad, granddad or whatever.
0: yeah, yeah. It's the mm-hmm. Wairani language and it's um, it's just really a, a blessing and an honor to be able to even be a little part of getting the Jesus film into the, that language group. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, this is so uh, really touching, I think, in the hearts of anyone who has a love for people who have not heard the gospel. It's so difficult in America to think that that is still the case but there are just countless areas where they've not heard the gospel once. And I remember a quote I heard years ago, how unfair it is for us to hear the gospel so many times when they haven't heard it at all. Right. Yeah. And we're so blessed over here. And I think as a result, we, we take it for granted, don't we? Yes. We do. We do. Um, w- one of the blessings of being able
0: to do this is to see people hear the gospel for the first time. But not only do they get to hear the gospel, they get to see Jesus tell them the gospel. In their, in their heart, heart language. language, and heart language is everything.
2: Yeah, um, and I know a lot of your uh, materials that I've seen from Crew will show, like back the behind the scenes look at people that are in the villages watching this film in real time, mm-hmm. and then seeing it, the impact on their faces. That's got to be something amazing mm-hmm. to see that firsthand. Yeah,
0: yes, it was um, that very thing. That's what I feel. God used to call me Mm -hmm. to the ministry. That's what I had watched. The Gama Gama video Uh in Ethiopia is exactly what God said. Yeah, this is for you, I want you to do this.
2: Yeah. Now, technology's obviously changed since 1979. (laughs) This movie is really incredible though, isn't it? That something made in 79 that many years ago. So we're talking about over 40, what, 43, 44 years ago. Mm -hmm. It's still being used effectively, even though it's a piece of work a piece of art that was made. I mean, the the actors, obviously. I don't know how many of them are even still around. Right. But I would imagine a good number of them have gone to their eternal places. Uh, this movie is still being used in a dramatic way, but technology and the way it's presented. I, I kind of alluded that a little bit to that in the beginning. How how did that happen? How did they take? Uh, the Jesus film project, how did they take it to these places? What kind of machines did they run it on back then?
0: Back in the beginning, they used 16 millimeter projector, T- took uh, two men and a small boy in a truck <laughs> to get it just about anywhere. Um, Cause they would have a generator. They would have the projector, a massive screen with um, horn speakers and the, the missionary or the church planner, you know, whatever would, uh, have his team and they would walk up the trails. It doesn't matter if it's Latin America or Southeast Asia or Africa, they would head to a village and they would set up, show the Jesus film and um, people would just respond, you know, sometimes in five or six, sometimes in dozens, sometimes hundreds, sometimes in thousands Right. would just respond to the gospel in their heart language. Now how big would these screens have been? Um, the original ones I say, i would have to guess but uh guess would be probably 12 by 8 Mm -hmm. by 10 foot on poles aluminum poles um sometimes uh, we've seen pictures where they would show the jesus film on the side of a cow yes that would stand still long enough to show the film (laughs) we've seen it on the side of pickup trucks Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, oh my goodness you
0: know people are innovative but um, that's right (laughs) but now we've gone from 16 millimeter cameras to um, small projectors with a screen kit, um, a solar panel, uh, four to six hours uh, battery, all the cabling um, on a backpack. And so one person can can go from village to village to village and show the Jesus film.
2: Now, I know you mentioned they had horn speakers. That would probably be like what rodeos used to use and yeah. uh, kind of uh, livestock events. They would put these, basically they look just like a protruding flared out speaker, it's a horn. It it looks more like a horn than a speaker. Yeah. But they're very effective and they're very loud, Uh, but not the greatest quality like what I'm sure they're able to show things in right now. Yeah,
0: right now they have a a small speaker set up for the backpack that it sounds like a Bose. It just is amazing, nice, clear, bass, clear. You know, it's it's very nice. And it's um, twist, they can twist so that they can go multi-directional. The screen we use is translucent where you can set people in the front and the back and they can see the film. So it's called the Vistabrite 200, um, which is actually being outdated now. We've got a new new unit coming from Renew World Outreach that um, will be all inclusive, one unit um, that's supposed to release in the next month or
2: two. Do they ever talk about maybe using a new version or making a new movie or is it just right now you're staying with the original?
0: Um, Well, right now we're with the original. um, But in 2012, I believe they did a full digitization of the film, new music score, Digitized it, made a Blu-ray edition, um, and so it's a lot cleaner, crisper video and audio, a lot better sound for the ocean. You know, for the
2: still the same basic production, though. same oh.
0: actors. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, when when you invest not even financially, but the, the time and resources it takes to to dub two thousand languages, imagine oh. trying to do that all over again. Oh, yeah. I, I get um, it.
2: Yeah, that's right.
1: Not to mention the power comes from the Word of God. The, the yeah. film is the Word of God, and that's where the power comes from. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit. So, so in this
2: case, it's not necessary to have new. New is not necessarily right, better, right, or but, more effective.
0: But like we spoke off air, we'll talk. We'll talk yeah. in a few months. I got. We have some news we'll share with okay. you.
2: Okay, <laughs> there are. Uh, that's for uh, yet another day, and not today. <laughs> so that's just it. You know, this is really exciting. How how much does it cost? Uh, notwithstanding the the airline for the people going over and all of that. But do you have any idea on what the actual cost is for uh, this whole crew to go out and to show the Jesus film?
0: At at this point, to do what we call the JL, well, I'll just say it. It's a Jesus film lip sync with the Old Testament intro is $38,000.
2: $38,000 to make uh, one basic out. out I I don't know if it's an output, one language then. One language. One language, 38,000. Yeah. Now that is going to obviously then be played over and over and over again. So Mm -hmm. it gets a lot of use for that. And you've done this over 2,000 times. Yes. Yes. And it's still growing. Mm
1: -hmm. Right.
2: Yeah. So (laughs) this year, how many, uh, do you have any idea how many new languages will be added?
0: Again, I'd have to guess, but I would say we average 10 to 12 a month. So over 100, 100, up from 100 to 150 a year. So
2: you have a whole, uh, pardon the pun, you have a whole crew there, right? We do. That's doing nothing but making these new languages. yeah. And all of the work, like you said earlier, that goes into doing that because there's research, there's language learning. You have to have it, I'm sure, vetted by locals. They have to look and you have to do all of that.
0: Well, and then before that, the translation of the book of Luke has to be done. Yeah. So there we have partners like, um, Wycliffe and, and, um, we have some in Latin America, we have a couple of organizations that that's all they do. Um, they translate, we work with Bible societies all over the world. Um, and then we send teams, whether they be Jesus film teams or whether they be, um, teams from other ministries. Um, YWAM is one that, mm-hmm. um, we have, I don't, you probably don't realize this, but in Papua New Guinea, there's 830 some languages in just Papua New Guinea.
2: I did not know it was that many.
0: And YWAM, the ministry YWAM is heavily engaged in reaching them um, and doing the dubbings and doing the recordings and stuff. there in, in partnership with Jesus. Mm-hmm.
1: And the locals are actually the ones that do the the voices. So we don't, you know, have Americans learning the language or anything. Right. But the locals do the language. So that way it's Authentic. perfect yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: yes and do they come over here for that or do they record them there No, we
0: go there we that's yes. and that's part of what our team does is work with them and teach them how to build um, a studio a sound booth um, and we've seen everything from real nice built in basements <laughs> sound booths all the way to 10 or 12 mattresses stacked up on yeah. each yes. other and whatever works whatever works yeah
2: whatever works. So these people are setting up, they're doing that. Is it synced there as well, up to the movie uh, to make it? Or is that done back here in the States?
0: They do the original master right. in the field, send it back to Orlando. And in Orlando, um, they, to our master studios, and mm-hmm. it goes in for the finished mixing.
2: I'm going to have to take a tour of that process sometime. I would love to see that. That is so great. I think the art of uh, matching up using voice actors, you, you know, it's done all the time in things like animated movies and things like that, but it's really fun to see voice dubbing to other where you just replace a person's voice and that happens and that's exactly what you're doing
1: match the mouth up to the voice yeah
2: so they have to be coached and it's so much easier but with tools today you can slow down Mm -hmm. uh there's a lot of uh time scrubbing that you can do that will make it if it just needs to be tweaked a little bit uh, there's a lot to be done there yeah yeah we use a lot of that on radio when we have to you know from the standpoint of uh, even our automation is able to within a certain percentage and no one's ear would ever know the difference right. <laughs> yeah. that it goes but so we have so many things that need to be kept right on time so it's really fascinating that you guys have a crew that is doing that on location yes. yeah maybe with a, a little studio as simple as a bunch of mattresses stacked on top of each other
0: yeah yep yeah. it's usually a two man yeah. two two person, crew, one does the actual um, electronics work, the digital work, and the other one is usually like an operations person that makes sure everything runs smoothly.
2: And then you have the actress. And then
0: uh, a lip-synced version, the, we call it the J-Lot, um, it, it's up to 20 voice actors.
2: Wow. Yeah. Well, that is amazing. Uh, I, I'm sure there are documentaries on about this whole making process. Is is there something out there like that?
0: Not that I know of but it would be a great documentary. That would be a great
2: documentary, <laughs> my man. Yeah, we need to present that. We're leaving that up to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, oh my. My guests today, Chuck and Laurie Gibson, we'll be back with them for a final segment in just a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike. Palm Beach Atlantic University, Orlando, offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses were offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. My guests today are Chuck and Lori Gibson from Crew Campus Crusade for Christ for the old timers out there like myself that um, may still think of Dr. Bright's organization as that. It's been crew now for a number of years. Well, over 10, right? I mean, it's been a while.
0: Yeah, it's been right about 10, 11 years.
2: 10 or 11 years, yeah. So it's been a long time. And this organization is doing it, I mean, for the gospel. They're going in over 2,000 translations of the Jesus film in other languages, other dialects, going into nation after nation, and it's growing at the rate of 10 or 12 a month, I think I heard you say, languages a month. So that's really an amazing thing. Uh, I'm sure the uh, director of this movie had no idea that it was going to be used for the power of the gospel the way it has, but uh, that is really what's happened. And this movie is continuing to go. Uh, Your title is a little unusual. I never heard it said like this, A Partnership Accelerator. Now, that sounds like a part of, uh, of, of a tractor or something. I'm not <laughs> an accelerator. What is this? Wait a minute. Well, tell me about that. What do you do? Yeah.
0: Um, nothing to, partnership accelerator is a person that engages the, with the body of Christ. Um, we uh, work with organizations. Um, it, I mean, pretty much you name the organization, uh, church planning organization, evangelistic evangel, uh organization we've worked with them and we will work with them. And what we do um, is meet with them, talk about what their visions, their goals, what they're wanting to do to engage the Great Commission, whether it be planning churches, whether it be just straight evangelism. And we meet with them and and find out what we have as resources that will meet their needs to be able to help them to be successful um, in what God's called them to do. Mm. Um, It doesn't mean that we don't do any of the work Uh, the evangelistic work ourselves, there's been lots of times we've traveled to Latin America, whether it be the Caribbean or South America, Central America, where we've been doing the training, we've done the evangelism, we've done humanitarian work and working with those. But mostly what we do is work with organizations that God has called to do it, and we provide them the resources that they need to get it done.
2: So in some of your trips, you actually get to take part in putting on this film for people? Yes,
0: And, and, and it's not always film. It's not always the Jesus film, although I would say 95% of what we do is help people to show the film.
2: And yeah, you were mentioning there are other works as well that is part of this, right?
0: There are. We um, The Jesus film is really a media ministry. Um, we have the, the film, Jesus. Then we have Magdalena, which is a one-hour version of the Jesus film, told to the eyes of Mary Magdalene, um, that um, is used all over the world uh, for women's ministries and family Mm. ministries. We have the story of Jesus for children, which is the same thing only through the eyes of children. Uh, We have short film network, which shows uh, one to seven minute short films that are used for evangelistic purposes to be able to share the gospel with somebody that you've never met before. You don't even need to speak their language, but you can show them a short film and begin a conversation.
2: So I, I'm sure you've got all the different languages in these things too, right? Yes.
0: Um, yeah, well, most of what we try to do on our short film stuff is to not have any any words. Ah. So there doesn't have to be translation. They're just cute or serious, whatever uh, messages that all are created to start spiritual conversations that often lead to people receiving Christ.
2: Wow, mm-hmm. yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. So go back to the first time you ever were in the field and you were presenting it and I've got this picture in the book before of you watching that film and being really touched by God even commissioned by God and now you're actually in the field you're showing the film what was going through your mind when that happened
0: oh there's a lot we could share do you want to share the Jamaica story or do you want me to we did uh are you familiar with the Jamaican patois language no. it's it's the ragae it's the yaman you know it's oh, the yeah. whole jamaica thing um, but it's a language it's um, and it's a very in jamaica it can be very um, it's very influential it's though english is the spoken language in jamaica whether you know in the schools and in business the people's language is jamaican patois and so we were approached by actually um, uh, he's the owner of one of the major hotel chains in the U S who has a resort there. And he wanted to do the Jesus film in Jamaican Patois. So we went through all the process. Um, He invested a ton of money to do a world premiere. We had the president of Jamaica there um, at the, um, at the university in Kingston. And um, the, um, I, I was just so surprised to me, the reaction of the people, because like I say, Patois is not spoken in public but what happened at this premiere is there's about 500 just people from Mm -hmm. the kingston area at the university and the president of jamaica comes up to the podium and for the first two minutes of his his keynote he spoke in patois and the people were just amazed because that doesn't happen wow it's almost a language that they're ashamed of not the people but the business people (laughs) and you know the influential people and their president spoke to them in patois which gave just an opening for when they heard Jesus, the God of the universe, speaking their language. The first couple minutes, they were like giddy. they were You could hear them giggling like, Jesus is talking, that's why, you know. And um, But then after the first few minutes, they just settled in and you could see the look on their eyes, how they were just hearing Jesus for the first time. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the gospel for the first time, but they were really hearing him yeah. because he was speaking their language mm-hmm. and it made such a huge impact on Lori and I that it, we've just never lost that. We, right. mm-hmm. we want to see that happen in every heart language in every people group in every tongue and tribe. We want to see God speak to them in their heart language.
2: What would be your guys' favorite part of what you get to do? What is it? Lori, if I were to ask you what, what more than anything do you like to do in the ministry? What would it be?
1: It is when you see people being impacted by hearing God speak to them in their heart language. There oh, is nothing great. like it. Mm-hmm. There, yeah, it's, it's hard to even explain because it's like some people even know the gospel; they've heard it, but when they hear it in their heart language, it touches a different, mm-hmm. yeah, different part in their their heart <laughs> and so you can just see them come alive you can just see that they get it mm-hmm. and it's yeah it's just beautiful
0: it's wonderful it's not uh, like it how about you chuck i would say one of my favorite things in watching Lori do this ministry is if you want to see her come alive put her in front of a group of women who are have a heart to share the gospel with their people who have a heart to see women elevated within their culture and she starts to talk to them about the Magdalena video with the um, the It's got a, um, a curriculum that comes with it called Reflections of Hope. Yeah. And it's a seven-week Bible study for women using the segments of Magdalena. Um, she comes alive. And um, she's going to get to do that in May when we go to San Pedro, Mexico. Mm. Um, the, the The wife of the minister... Um, she works with the prisoners in the prison system there of all women. And and so Lori's going to get the opportunity to go and share our resources with her and do some training with her. Um, that's one of my favorite things is to watch her come alive because yeah. she's very subdued usually. She's very, and, uh, she's introvert. Um, but when you put her in a ministry situation and she just comes alive.
2: That's great. You guys get to do this together. And that's really fun. Yes. Yeah. You get, that's, that's a rare thing to see a couple... Uh, share something to the level that you guys are doing this and it's really wonderful that you're loving it. Give us your website or your contact information, however people that would like to maybe donate to you uh, and your efforts uh, and the work and ministry that you're doing. How would they reach you?
0: Sure. it's um, We have a Give site. It's called um, it's www.give.crew.org. Yes. Okay, give.crew.org. And then a backslash 0808238. Okay. You get that? You'll see our bright and shiny faces pop up, and um, yeah, for yes. sure we could. Uh, we um, it's it's God's people. It's the body of Christ that keeps us going, yes. and like I shared earlier, um, we will do this as long as God allows us to do. Right. This, so. uh, I love that uh,
2: open door illustration that God has given you, and that's really wonderful. Now, we talked about the fact that this ministry is kind of across the world. It's also across denominations. You have a lot of different types of churches that are backing out what you backing up what you're doing out there, right?
0: Yeah, for sure. An example of that is we, we could work with uh, Church of Christ and Prophecy one week. And then, for instance, in July, we're going to Lisbon, Portugal to work in the uh, Catholic World Youth Day. Um, which is every three years, there's supposed to be close to 2 million Catholic youths there. Um, and our job for anybody who might be thinking we're trying to convert Catholics or or we're not, we simply want to have be there and give Catholics an opportunity to be, um, to learn mm-hmm. how to be evangelical, mm-hmm. not to be evangelicals, but to be able to share the gospel with other people mm-hmm. and to learn, to love Jesus and right. to receive Jesus and to um, expect Jesus to do great things in their lives. So it's it's not a denominational thing with us. It's I don't care who if we're talking to natives in Brazil or if we're talking to Catholics in in Spain, we just want people to fall in love with Jesus, yes. receive Him as their Lord and Savior, and let God take care of the rest.
2: And I think that was really the uh, vision that Dr. Bright had. He he really saw this mm-hmm. message going kind of way beyond just one denomination one f- way of approaching right. church life it was it was for everybody to hear right, right. and you know the ends yeah. of the earth are being reached through crew and i know you're excited about yes. that how can people get in touch with uh, crew for more information on jesus film project
0: yeah simply go to www.jesusfilm.org um, and every every film we have, whether it be short films, feature films, miniseries, um, everything we have is free. Everything's a free download, um, free to be shown, free to be given. Um, and it's all available on www.jesusfilm.org.
2: Now, you mentioned that tours are given down mm-hmm. there. Can people go uh, to that website and get information on that as well?
0: Yes. There's a, a link on there that you can sign up for the tour. Um, it's, I believe it's given three times a day. It's not the same tour that I went on however many years ago. Um, they just redid it this last year since COVID. Mm-hmm. and um, So it's a whole new tour. Um, I have been through that one, and it's fantastic.
2: Mm-hmm. And I think that would really just cause all of this to come to life For in the people's eyes and hearts, if they take the time to go see that, Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to doing that as well. Yes. And Crew is growing, right? I mean, this is an ever growing, ever expanding organization. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The Crew is pretty much the umbrella ministry that covers over 25 other ministries. Some people um, would know them more by family life today. Mm -hmm. That's a Crew Mm -hmm. ministry. Uh, Crew military, of course, which Mm -hmm. ministers to the military. Um, folks, um, uh, city ministries. I mean, there are just so many that crew has got um, missionaries into mm-hmm. all these different parts of society. Yeah. And um, it's just, it's just a blessing to be a part of it.
2: Well, I'm talking with Chuck and Lori Gibson. They've been my guests today. Uh, give us your website for giving, if you will, one more time.
0: Yeah, it's um, give.crew.org crew. Crew. backslash
2: There it is. And we hope that uh, you, if you are inspired by their words today, you can take part in their ministry. Chuck and Lori, thank you for being with me here today. Thank
0: Thank you. you. It was an honor. Pleasure.
2: It's great to have them. And friends, as always, we thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time on Afternoons with Mike.